0: First in the Psalms, and then uh, Henry will be playing after. You may sit here. Psalm 122, and then into John 4. Psalm 122, uh, the Psalm of Ascents. I rejoiced with those who said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built like a city that is closely compacted together. That is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to praise the name of the Lord according to the statute given to Israel. There the thrones of judgment stand and the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my brothers and friends, I will pray, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your prosperity. And John chapter 4, verse 10 and following. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You've nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as did also his sons and his flocks and his herds? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again but whoever drinks the water I will give him will never thirst. Indeed the water I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you've had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you've said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see you're a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. And Jesus declared, believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you don't know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come. When true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they're the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah or Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. I love the, uh, the reminder as we focus in our theme of discipleship, of understanding our call as worshippers. That people would gather and have gathered in places because God is good. And God gathered with that lady at a well in a dusty part of Israel. And she was far from the expected worshipper, yet God reached to her. By the well, the King of Kings. By the well, Jesus. Teaching, challenging, drawing her out. And we know from the response that we recorded in scripture, she was transformed and she worshipped in spirit and truth by encountering Jesus, by believing in him, and by following his ways. Can we bring the, the verse up for that song? If we could use that as a prayer we'll all say and uh, as a preparation. It's verse one. Yeah. So we say together, Lord, I come to you. Let my heart be changed, renewed, flowing from the grace that I found in you. And Lord, I've come to know The weaknesses I see in me will be stripped away by the power of your love. Please have a seat. We're in a series on discipleship, uh, stemming from our belief and that God is at work amongst us, that he's called us to be his people at this time. It's been um, stirred because we, have, uh, we, are a, we are people called by God, chosen, we uh, reminded ourselves earlier in a song, the second song, not because we are kind of more special than those who aren't here, but chosen by God because he loves us just like he loves everyone else, but chosen for a purpose and we're preaching through our vision statement which uh, is in the contact sheet, it's on the first side, uh, we've talked about proclaiming Jesus to people today, it's not that we've moved from that and forgotten that, that we're saying that all these things need to be in place in our individual living but also in our life together Uh, but we're now in making disciples and that's a lifelong commitment for each one of us. Uh, we're spending some time looking at different aspects of discipleship uh, in our services Uh, so uh, we've done sort of an introduction to what discipleship is I covered uh, repentance a couple of weeks ago all about kind of one of the essential traits of a disciple is that we keep on recognising we are being remade change me Lord and part of that process is to say uh, recognise where we're not thinking right we're not acting as Christ would have acted and changing our thinking changing our living Phil rightly picked, picked up last week on the theme of obedience and said that from repentance comes obedience, following Jesus. If you love me, said Jesus, you will obey what I command. Do you remember that? Some do. I was uh, just in the service last week and I, was, uh, I, did, I failed to do it this week. I apologize. I, I, I thought I, I would go but I haven't been to a shop where I could get them. A whole load of kind of notepads Because there's something about, sometimes when God says something or the the opportunity to interact with what's being said, jot down a quote or a a phrase or an idea, um, uh, or sometimes people even think better by doodling, believe it or not, but to to have something to bring with your Bible that you can kind of interact a little bit more uh, as a really helpful way. This morning, I want us to think about um, what it means to be a disciple in terms of being a worshipper, that we have recognize that we come to be believers through repenting and believing, that the mark of a disciple is to be obedient to Christ's ways. And one of the first things that we need to say is to be a worshiper. God actively seeks worshippers. We heard that in the John 4 reading, that the Father longs for people who will join with him, come to him and Honor him, worship him. The psalm that I read from Psalm 22 is part of the corporate, 122, is part of the corporate worship of God's people. Regularly coming together in different parts of the annual cycle of their, of their year, their worshiping life in, in Israel. Coming together in Jerusalem, the focus of their national life, of their heart to worship God, to be worshipers, to draw aside from their daily living, to gather together and focus consciously. On God. It's implicit as a disciple to be a worshipper. It's a subject that's massive. We could spend more than we have time for this morning. That the Bible is full of references to worship, of what it means to be a follower, right from the beginning to the end, full of, of what God is, shows us to be called out to follow him, to love him, to worship him. It's a broad word, a broad concept, but I'll focus on a few things. But worship can mean a lot of things. It can mean, in Romans twelve, this is a spiritual act of worship in view of all that Christ has done. It's it's about whole life, whole living. Sometimes we use the word worship just to talk about songs, particularly the more reflective songs. Praise songs are the upbeat ones that sometimes get described, and then the worship songs are the the kind of the, the heartfelt ones. Worship is one of those words that gets used in lots of different ways, but essentially. It's not wrong to talk about worship as singing, it's praise, but not to just reduce it as such. It's a, a broad word that encompasses the whole of our living for God, a whole of lifelong response to God to be lived out in worship. Having said that, I want us just to see uh, as an introduction. Uh, so three singers who've kind of rewritten some songs because they recognise that sometimes very often the battle in discipleship the battle for christians is actually remaining god focused and not becoming self focused
1: i was Your love on Sundays, then this feeling is gone.
0: Some of you are laughing, weren't you? Because you recognise the truth of it. You recognise in it something that they've they've just kind of put their finger on. The Father actively seeks worshippers. And as disciples it's one of those those places we really have to focus on again and again, of saying, Am I truly worshipping in spirit and in truth? Or has it slipped into something else, the focus away from God from Jesus, to ourselves, and our own comfort, sometimes listen to the comments that are made, um, either overhear the more comments that I hear back or uh, in passing i didn 't like the worship at all this this, uh, this morning it didn 't do anything for me it 's too loud, too soft, too new, too old. But those kind of comments, though, I understand them, misunderstand what worship is about. True worship really isn't for us. It's for him. Has our gathered time worshipped the Father? Did he like our heart and what we brought? You see, worship is a matter of, of the heart, Not just on Sunday, but in the whole of life. Before what and before whom do we bow? Interesting in Scripture, that the Bible begins with creation in the story of of Genesis. And in the centuries and the decades and the generation upon generation, the trajectory towards Jesus and Jesus forming a new people to be reclaimed and renewed and restored to be the humanity that was always intended and ends with worship. In Revelation, beautiful, beautiful pictures of People celebrating, living in the presence, in full relationship, close communion, worshipping as he intended. Implicitly in there, the first and second commandments of of, uh, in Exodus that God gives his people are to have no other gods and to worship no other things, make no idols. Worship. When asked... How do you sum up the law, Jesus? How do you sum up the whole of the Old Testament, the law and the prophets? He said it succinctly. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. and Love your neighbor as yourself. Implicit in that, first and foremost, to worship, to worship him, honor him, serve him, trust him, above and beyond all other things. Someone has said it like this: If worship, uh, sorry, if the Lord is to be the Lord of our lives, worship must have priority in our life. Let me say that again: If the Lord is to be the Lord, as we as Christians would confess and honor, and say, "Yeah, Jesus is Lord," then worship must have the priority in our lives. But why does worship matter so much? Have you ever thought about it? Why does worship matter so much? Because worship expresses the heart of our faith, that we are most fully ourselves when we're giving, not getting. Someone has commented that says, Worship is the basic, most fundamental instinct within, within every creature. Says it like this an instinct more basic and more lasting than even a uh, uh, hunger. And yet, that instinct is largely ignored and scarcely heeded. In the ordinary daily conversation and concerns in our contemporary life. Worship is actually at the heart of what it means to be truly human. It's an amazing thing to say. Worship is at the heart of what it means to be truly human. The God created us to be in this relationship with him, to know him, to see him face to face, to hear his words without Interference that it all went horribly wrong and still does as we dishonor him, as we choose our own way, not him. And, and yet he calls us back, he invites us back into that place of, of intimacy. That that which was lost and broken through sin and rebellion is reclaimed as we repent and obey, as we draw close to him. The failure to worship him, failure to live his ways, actually prevents us from truly living as human beings. We go through a semblance of human life, but not actually as as we would flourish and be made to be. Someone says this, to be uh, William Temple, a bishop of uh, a few hundred years ago, a few decades. To worship is to quicken the conscience by the holiness of God. To feed the mind with the truth of God. To purge the imagination by the beauty of God. To open the heart to the love of God. To devote the will to the purpose of God. In other words, our response, just as the woman at the well our response, our worshipful response is to the overtures of love from the heart of the Father. As the Holy Spirit comes to us and touches our life, draws from us that response to him. So worship is vital. Worship is crucial to man's survival. It's powerful. But right that we do it, have you ever thought about it like this? We worship because we want to. There's very few instances, there are some about spouses and children, there's very few instances where we're forced, made to worship. Why are you here? Some of the teenagers say because I was dragged here and I would rather be on the Xbox. But you're here freely, here to worship. Christian worship is voluntary. It's right that it is, that it comes from our response to the goodness of God, in our loving response to him. And we call for more. And a question, a test, observe what you do when you don't have anything else to do in your leisure time or with your spare money, if you have any, what do you do with it? Is it, well, I'll meet my needs now. How do I say, Jesus, Father, your will, your ways. In our time this morning, I want us to think of, uh, of just three ways of why worship is important. Firstly, it's, it's a command. It seems strange when I said we do it freely, yet it's commanded. The God says to us, worship me, honor me, praise me. The psalm uh, that we read in Psalm 122 reminded that there's a kind of an imperative, that means a kind of like a, a, an important command. It's, it's not just an optional extra that as God's people come together, it's right that we worship. It's, and as we disperse again, it's right that we continue that worship. Why? Because as we worship, it nurtures something about our relationship with God. If you want to grow in God, then worship is a really important place to be to give thanks to the name of our God. This is what it means to be his people. Someone has said, praise is our attempt to cope with the abundance of God's love. Do we find, do we find that worship or that heartfelt response to love and honor, not just sing, but to love and honor and, and live out his ways, has it kind of become tiresome or isn't our first inclination? It's because we've lost sight of the amazing, the amazing truth of how much God loves us. Because once that, that percolates in, it, it just transforms. I mean, Duncan, bless him, he's getting married on Saturday. It's exciting. Hope it's not snowing. But, you know, when he's talking about Anna, he talks about her a lot and he's really excited, you know, because he loves her. It's great to know that, isn't it? They're getting married. And he's kind of looking forward to the week and all the things in store. But, I mean, you know it from your own relationships. When, when something is really important to you, when you love that person, It motivates your thinking, your attitude, your behavior. If that can be true, as Joe said, a a marriage is a picture of something to do with our spiritual life, of our living with God, have we lost that conception of the love of God for us and our love for him? Two things stretch our imagination. We're worse than we imagine, and God loves us more than we can fathom. represented at this table, this meal that we're worse than we imagine but God loves us more than we can fathom in breaking bread and drinking wine reflect again, His enormous love for you and how much you need him how much and how precious he is Worship is our natural and honest and a healthy, logical response to God. But Edward, you may say, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like worshipping today. It's snowing and it's damp. I don't feel like worshipping today because I stayed up too late last night and I'm a bit tired. I don't feel like worshipping today because that person's here and they really bother me. I don't feel like worshipping today because, don't you know, it's tough. But since when do we define our life by our feelings? God reminds us that we worship whether we feel like it or not. Yet I will praise the Lord. We never, never really should base our life just on our feelings, because feelings lie or deceive us. If Christians only worship when they felt like it, there would be precious little worship. Feelings are important in many areas, but completely unreliable often in matters of faith. Someone phrased it like this the Bible wastes very little time on the way we feel. It says who God is, what he has done, this is the truth. Worship is an act that develops feelings for God, not a feeling for God that is expressed in an act of worship. Worship is an act that develops feelings for God as we choose, as we decide, as we say, yet I will praise you, Lord, yet I will live for you, yet I will obey you, yet I will love you. The Lord draws close. True worship demands repentance, renewal, and rededication. Those words, again, of of implicit as a disciple, that that repenting, that believing, that repenting, that journey into obedience, that being restored in daily, daily living. It's a command. It's also a framework. It's a framework for living. What do I mean? Well, as we practice and as we live out this this honouring of God, this giving him worth above all things. It's a way that lives out and shows a different way of seeing and living life. Worship is intended to change our perspective in radical ways so that we're living with, with the concepts and the understanding of the kingdom of God the fullness of the hope of our, of our faith in one day, the Lord returning and, and his heaven and his rule and reign completely established. Living with that mindset right now in a confused and undirected world. Part of worship is, is recognizing that in the framework of our belief and our understanding, yeah, I, I'm living differently because he's alive. I'm living differently and I, I won't base my life on the things that people, other, others do, but on his ways. True worship lifts us and summons into the, as into the no man's land in which we spend most of our time to enter the world of Christ. Where heaven and earth, God and man, spirit and flesh, united in which his glory fills and all is his glory worship very very important the way God created us the way he leads us and through it we know where we stand it's also important as the word of God what do I mean that as we, as we worship, we understand, as we, you know, the songs that we've sung this morning are drawn from, from, from scriptures. The prayers that we've prayed are drawn from the scriptures. The, uh, the things that I'm saying are, are drawn from the scriptures. And they point us to Jesus. That as we reflect, as we worship, as we sing praise, as we, as we reflect and meditate and read the scriptures, it kind of all, it all begins to change our mind and our heart that it helps us to know the difference between right and wrong of, of what is a wise choice when it's not so clearly stated as black and white decisions. That as we focus on him in the beginning of the day, in the periods of the day, we give time for the Lord to speak. Consciously choosing to listen and understanding his ways, his perspective on the circumstances we're facing. We gather on a Sunday, don't we? We're here now. And then there's a song in the video clip said, do we forget it on Monday? We've gathered on a Sunday, but we disperse into our mission field, into our living, out of this gospel in the real places of life. I hope, Sundays feed you, but as we send you out to live it, to be worshippers in the place of school and work and home and the leisure places. Sunday is so important as we gather together and are refreshed and renewed and, and trained and taught. But we don't sort of hand in our time sheet, you know, clock out and go about the rest of our week. It helps sharpen us. Just as worship begins with holy expectancy, it ends in holy obedience. If worship doesn't propel us into greater obedience, it hasn't been worship. Father, we pray. As your people, it's our heart's desire to worship you in spirit and in truth. Father, as I've spoken in these kind of really broad terms, I pray that these things wouldn't wouldn't pass over or pass us by I pray as a people and as, as individuals here we we long to to love you more. Forgive us Jesus for we so easily displace you, put you Out in the cold and focus on ourselves, live for ourselves. So easy, so commonplace. And it so quickly chases from our mind of how much you love us. How much you've done for us in Jesus'. and the impact of being rescued because he died in our place. We sung at the start, open the eyes of our heart. Lord. Holy Spirit, please encounter us again in this meal that Jesus said to do. Well up within us this living water that Jesus spoke about the Samaritan woman and said we'll never be thirsty if we drink that water streams of life flow from within us there's one last uh, screen of words I just want us to pause with as we Come to the table. Worship is embraced in our communion with the one who loves us more than we love ourselves. It is life with the one who receives us unconditionally. Regardless of how we've lived out the challenges we've faced. Let's use a song as as preparation.